Hello everyone, welcome to Kafaru Cast. It is a solid three degrees outside here in uh, Wheat Ridge, Colorado at the International Home Office of Kafaru International. Um, I think it was much colder than that at my house. I live up in the mountains now, around 10,000 feet, and there is a pile of snow. It's cold as hell. Makes it very difficult for me to practice shooting 3Ds and uh, broadheads, which is what we're going to talk about today, is um, kind of a Q&A, sort of, on setting up a traditional bow as well as just some tech tips, some things to look out for. I did this. It's a two-part series. I did the first part on compounds. So some of it will double tap a little bit because obviously talking about fletching jigs, things like that, you know, kind of hits both. So I just get a lot of questions on like three or four fletch, um, different fletching jigs, tuning, string silencers, broadheads, all kinds of different stuff. So I'm going to cover some of those things in hopes I don't get quite so many messages. So right off the gate, out of the gate, we're going to talk about fletching jigs. Um, whether you're shooting feathers or trad veins, what's the best fletching jig to get? So the best, quote unquote, is easily the uh, Vein Master Pro by uh, Last Chance Archery. Uh, you can't do feathers with that. So that's it. That, but it is very good for trad veins, and it's it's kind of um complex to learn how to use it at first but i'd say that's the best then you go to a bitsenberger bitsenberger was the best for quite some time i think that that Bainmaster pro took its place bitsenberger sometimes you got to file on the clamp a little bit so it touches front and back but you know, the big thing when you're fletching what what people you know, need to understand is is you need to manu- follow the manufacturer's instructions when you're using a fletching jig no matter how good it is. And I'll go over into some of that in a minute. But then you have like a BPE, a Bear Paw, Arizona Easy Fletch. You know, all of them work. But like I said, you got to follow the manufacturer's instructions for the actual, you know, the vein. Or if you're doing feathers, which seem to stick better than anything, I always just use Fletch Type Platinum for feathers. And I clean the arrow shaft or the wrap, um, you know, to make it stick. But, you know, guys mess with me, you know, my trad veins are falling off. Can't get my feathered hook on. Like with trad veins, for me, I literally just put the wraps on, uh, use the AAE wipes, and then I, I spray accelerator, and I use accelerator. Now, Goat Tough makes some. The best I found is from Last Chance, the accelerator and glue combo. Uh, but you can use the Goat Tough accelerator, uh, and what that does is makes it dry, the, the glue, um, immediately. What I found where most people's fletches are coming off, they do not have the fletching jig set up correctly, uh, meaning they, you know, they have too much helical or, or offset or whatever. I can't go into a lot of that just because it's case-by-case basis. But what I can go into is how to set up the jig. As far as cleaning it and everything else, I can't go over the, all the options. So you have a left helical or a right helical clamp. Uh, you have left or right offset, meaning the it's set up for that clamp to go at an angle down the shaft or you have a straight clamp straight fletch meaning straight down the shaft or you have a straight clamp offset meaning it's angled to the left or to the right now with a compound totally different i used to shoot straight clamp offset with a stick bow as much helical as you can get on there i think it's best you can go with pretty short veins but you want helical on those as well as offset as far as the left or right leaving broadheads out of it for matching the bevel, because if you shoot a left bevel broadhead, broadhead, you need to shoot left helical, um, left offset. As far as left or right, 
doesn't matter. I shoot left, but I started shooting right, and then I, now I shoot left. Doesn't really matter at all. You know, people go into you know which way the arrow or naturally twists out of the bow without anything set on the arrow, meaning shooting a bear shaft doesn't naturally rotate right or left or clockwise or counterclockwise. You can figure all that out. I wouldn't really stress over that. Most people aren't that, well, I don't know anybody that's that accurate. If you want to do that, it's not going to hurt anything. Figure out which way your arrow is rotating. But, you know, really what you want to do is just get a jig and get it set up and use it the rest of your life. So, you know, I, I suggest, you know, don't have a set amount of heel or excuse me offset just put as much offset on that little guy as you can it's not like you're going to over offset it meaning putting that angle and and when i say that meaning as much as you can i like on a bitson burger i crank the bottom over to the right the top over to the left meaning i'm getting a left offset and then i i put a, an arrow in the jig and as i'm adjusting the clamp i adjust it so i can get as much helical out of it or as much offset excuse me before the the vein or the feather comes off and that's where people have issues if it's not set up correctly uh, especially with like a trad vein because the base is super small not a whole lot of square footage on there for glue to adhere to the arrow so you got to make sure it's set up so you have a good contact of the vein all the way down you know and i've been going i started off with three five inch feathers and then i went to four four inch because gives me that extra uh extra inch you know obviously 16 total inches and then I just set up a bunch of Black Eagle Rampages with four three-inch, and that's working out really well. Cody Greenwood with the Trad Lab, uh, he goes into a bunch of stuff with the different, you know, vein and feather situations. I think your best all-around bet is four four-inch. When I say that, I think that's the quietest. You get as much stability out of three five-inch, it sure seems like to me, but the four four-inch are actually quieter than the three five. Don't ask me why, but that seems to be the way it is. Obviously, four three inches even quieter, but may not get the stability that you want. And a lot of this will, it's not like you're going to kill yourself shooting four four inch rather than four three. You're going to get a little bit more wind drag, but when in doubt, I think four four inch is the best. If you know what you're doing, you don't have to listen to me, you're probably have your own special sauce and you're listening to this say, saying this is what I do and it works best. Post that stuff up. That way people can see everybody's different setups. Uh, and again, manufacturer's recommendations on getting something to stick the vein or the feather on the arrow and then as far as the fletching jig learn your jig learn how to adjust it um you know do some mock-ups you know make sure that you're you're getting good adherence or contact with the vein and you'll be better off for it so i'm going to get off of that subject now we're going to go to strings there's the flemish and endless loop uh endless loop is more like a compound string flemish is more of the traditional or is the traditional uh, string for shooting a, a recurve or a longbow. From what I, you know, keep my, I've only been doing this for three years, so I'm a relative newbie at this. From what I've seen and what I've been told, and definitely what I have found, is certain bows like certain setups better. Obviously, they definitely like certain brace heights better, but one bow may be, uh, it seems a little quieter with a Flemish string. Another bow may be an endless loop. All of them will shoot good with either. I just don't know that it's going to be the end of the world as far as it goes if you shoot an endless loop and compare it to a Flemish. I've got mountain muffler strings on mine. They're Flemish. I'm shooting X99 strings, uh, or material, I mean. The endless loop or the, you know, Flemish is personal opinion. Some people are going to like other one more than the other or have their own two cents. They both work extremely well. 
you know, that's going to be the biggest thing that, you you know, you look at or you want to find out is what you personally like the best. And maybe you have a string maker that makes Endless Loop better than Flemish or likes Flemish better than Endless Loop. Use that one. Now, the silencers, you know, I have found shooting a heavier arrow makes your bow the quietest compared to no matter what silencer you you have used. I don't really like these big, crazy silencers. Cat whiskers, you know, I, I have right now on that mountain muffler. I pulled the, well, it, he was using, well, it's synthetic now, uh, muff that's on there, and I have, they're, they're spiders. They're, I don't even know what they're made of from Black Widow, and I put those on instead just testing stuff out. I, every bow is going to shoot something a little bit different, so, you know, same with the brace height. The next thing the brace height. You know, I went over tuning where, you know, you have a stiff spine, increase the brace height, vice versa. Just follow the manufacturer's recommendations. Some might be seven and a quarter to seven and three quarters and what, you know, maybe eight to nine, like on a widow or eight and a quarter to nine. Just follow the the manufacturer's recommendations and, and play with it. You know, as you're tuning, you're going to be doing that anyway. And you will notice there's going to be a spot of, of perfection on that brace height. And there's going to be a spot where it's going to start to twang and, and maybe have a little more vibration in your hand. You know, you, you don't want to go out of the manufacturer's spec too dang much, especially low. You can damage the bow going below the manufacturer's spec. Going above, I don't think you can damage the bow really. You might damage performance. You know, the higher brace height you go, you might be losing a little bit performance. So there's nothing I can tell you over the Internet as far as brace height goes. It depends totally on many different things, point, weight, obviously, arrow. Well, I can go on and on, but, you know, that that's it's up to everybody or each individual person. So the center serving is the next big question I get, knock, pinch, things like that. When I say knock, pinch, I'm not talking from your top and bottom knocks if you're losing using those. If your string, you know, some guys will call me and be like, man, I need to get new knocks. My, my, my knocks aren't snapping on tight enough. You don't need new knocks. You need to reserve your center string with a larger diameter center serving material. You know, with let's say most standard knocks and a 450 plus X99, some of the newer string material, if you're running 16 to 18 strands, you can get away with 25 thousandths. Um, you know, sometimes you might have to bump it up to 32, but 25 thousandths on a 16 strand should be fine for most knocks. The biggest thing, do not swap your knocks out. Getting a, a string jig from Bear Par or Biter, one of the good ones, learning to serve your own is the best way to do it. I don't even have people serve my center serving. I do it myself. And I just figure out I'll, I'll serve, you know, a couple inches, you know, and, and check the knock fit if I have no idea what it takes. And then if it's, you know, I'll unwind it, cut it off. And if it's, if it's too loose, I bump it up, too thin, bump it down. Uh, or excuse me, too tight, bump it down. Talk about the diameter of my, my, you know, my serving material. But don't don't swap out your knocks. That's that's just counterproductive because then you're gonna have to do it on every set you get if you have that same string. So I use a Power Grip or Halo are the two main ones. Power Grip I've had the best luck with. That's the center serving material I use. I usually run about six inches of center serving, you know, six to seven total. You know, some guys put 10 to 12, put quite a bit on there. I, I go, you know, a smaller mount, never had it slip, but you just make sure it, it uh, you know, snaps onto your knocks correctly. You can dry fire both if it's too loose, if it's too tight, it can cause just hell and Jesus problems with tuning. So 
something to think about. Okay, setting up the clicker. Now, I use a Cricut clicker, and I put it very high up on the limb of the bow so the clicker cord is shorter. Um, you don't have to do that, but that's why it's way up there on my bow. Uh, so I do mount it high so the actual cord to draw the clicker, the cord that draws tight and then pulls over the the clicker tab, you know, it's, it's not very long. It's like eight inches or something. So uh, just less to be dragging on in the weeds. So when I get the cricket clicker, I pull all the guts out and I replace all the stuff, string, little chain thing. I just replace that with like caulking cord or uh, D-loop material. And, you know, to quiet it down, I flex the clicker tab quite a bit. I'll put a little bit of tape around it and I put Oh, like sticky Velcro on the base of the clicker where the tab slaps down. That just silences it some. Not totally. You can make it to where it's not even audible and you just feel it. But I do it where it's barely audible just so it's not too loud for the animal. And then putting it on the string, I did a video on Kafaru cast where I, I did it to one way to where it's easier to deal with um, was your string stretches. But guys will have problems every shot with the the doing it the way I did on the video, you have to go look at it with the D-loop cord wrapping around your string every shot. You need to make sure, you can do a crisscross knot over the top um, of where it overlaps over the, your string, or you can just tie that super tight so it's not pivoting around the string so easy. You gotta watch the video to know what I'm talking about. You can also just stick the clicker cord cable through the middle of your string and run it that way. And if you have a string that doesn't stretch, like the one from Mountain Muffler, the X99, after the first few shots, it doesn't stretch and, and uh, having it stuck through the middle of the the bowstring is easy doing it that way. I've had people tell me it's stupid doing it that way. If my string's not stretching, it doesn't ever move, it doesn't really matter. But when you have to twist up the string uh, and you have it running the clicker cord through the center of the string, you have to undo, you have to have an Allen head or a uh, Phillips head, undo the clicker cord tab and then re-unwrap it or re-wrap it around the string when you don't have that string, clicker cord string free floating on your bowstring. Hopefully that made sense. Watch the video on Kafaru Cast if you don't, if you're not getting it. You know, as far as when it for it to click, you know, you want it to click right at full expansion. Get uh, you can talk to Tom Clum at uh, Rocky Mountain Specialty Gear, or any of the guys, Danny, Tracy, um, who's ever over there, Alex. They can help you out with the, you know, when is it supposed to click full expansion. Um, you know, kind of get you as far as alignment. Tom has coaching or does lessons over there. You just you know, the clicker's a, a psycho trigger and a draw check. So, you know, probably if it's clicking really inconsistently for you, you, you may have shitty form or an inconsistent anchor point. Um, you know, the, the clicker won't lie. It definitely keeps you honest. But um, anyway, that's enough about the, the clicker. The next question I get a ton of is broadhead alignment and should I line my broadheads up with my, my veins? And I don't think it matters. I don't do it. If I'm shooting a single bevel, a double bevel, uh, two blade cut on contact. I actually will line it up a lot of times to be flat or parallel to the ground when I'm at full draw. And that's just so when I use my point on, I can cut the body of the animal in half or however I do it, body line or, you know, bottom of bottom line or top. And the broadhead being flat helps do that. But I've never noticed with a compound or a stick bow, lining up the veins with the fletching, making a difference with the bow is tuned. So don't, I wouldn't stress over that. Canting. Why do I can't? personally and should people emulate that i can't because my aiming method I, I look down the arrow and uh, i use it as a point of reference 
And so I got to cant to get my eyeball over that arrow like I want it to. And then I just try to make it as that as repeatable as I possibly can. If you have, if you know, there's nothing wrong with standing up. I mean, that's what you should be doing. My form is unorthodox. It's just extremely accurate, so I'm afraid to change it. So, but that's why I can't is to get my eye over the the arrow for for when I'm doing gap shooting. You know, so if it's at 40 yards, I go to full draw and I put my point on the middle of the animal, and that's where it hits. You know, to get that left and right correct is where I'm talking about leaning over you know, or canting over so I can look over the top of it. Okay, so kind of got most of that stuff I wanted to get covered, covered. A few other things, like Samic Sage. If you're getting started, get a Samic Sage. That's that's probably your best $200 bow. You know, it's not high performance by any means, but it's fairly well built for 200 bucks or whatever they cost. You can get out there and shoot some practice with it. People ask getting those. Uh, just call the same thing, Rocky Mountain Specialty Gear. Ask for Tracy, and he can get you hooked up. They, they ship them out all the time on the Samic Sages. You know, if you're wanting to get more of a high-performance bow or a bow that, um, you know, is more custom, obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm a widow guy, stalker. I love those bows, too, as well as Trent Wingard's. Bob Lee makes an amazing bow. I would go with the one that catches your eye and you like the best that you know shoots good. Uh, you know, when you're picking out a bow, if you have an unlimited budget, um, the Samic Sage when you do have a, a budget. And then system that I use uh, for tuning, setting up the bow, it's really not that difficult. I put the string on, I do the serving like I've talked about, I reserve it. Uh, I get my knock point at 5 eighths high. I put a bare weather rest on there, that's what I've been shooting lately. Uh, and I start my brace height about happy medium, you know, between eight and a quarter and nine. So I start around eight and five eighths. And then as I tune, I go from there uh, up or down if needed, generally up if I can or hopefully can. Bow's a little bit smoother with a taller brace height. But yeah, I get the center serving reserved, you know, kind of get everything set up as far as the standard manufacturer recommendations from the factory for brace height. And then I shoot and I just see if it's hitting left or right. This is with the clicker dialed in. And I adjust my brace height up and down or I adjust my arrow longer or shorter. I don't change my point weight personally. I got so many dang 200 grain heads that it'd be stupid for me to shoot something different. Uh, So yeah, that's what I do. I don't think that, uh, you know, there's a whole lot else for me to cover on this stuff. Um, Those are kind of the you know, the, I get hundreds of questions a day, but those are the bulk of the questions, what I just talked about. If, um, you know, you've got anything else question-wise, we can do a second podcast where you can throw the question up on the board on Instagram, um, on KafaruCast, and, uh, you know, ask away, and I'll answer them to the best of my ability.